BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. It's another day in 49ers world. Yesterday, we saw Trey Lance throw with Patrick Mahomes in a video that really just took over 49ers Twitter. Today, we're going to be talking about something similar but different. We're going to be talking about the quarterback situation, where they can improve all after this. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the channel, and we've got a fun one today. As always, it's Friday, which means we've got Jack on the channel. How you doing, my man? I'm good. How you doing, Rohan? I'm doing good, doing good, and it's a good way to wrap up the week. I mean, every week in a way with the 49ers is something new, and this time, well, we got a video from Trey Lance throwing to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, just, a, just a little video, one throw, but it, it shook the world. It was it was the throw her around the world. It was a it was a it was a thing of beauty. It was magnificent. Uh, I, you know, a nice tight spiral. Uh, who would have thought the third pick in the NFL draft in twenty twenty one, who plays quarterback, would be able to throw a spiral? It's amazing. Yeah, we'll get to all of that kind of drama in a little bit. But Jack, I wanted to uh, do today's show based on a little bit of a different uh, instance that we we really haven't talked about too much. A lot of people. When we talk about the quarterback situation, it's Trey Lance versus Brock Purdy versus Sam Darnold, trying to figure out who's going to be the guy uh, delving into each of the players. But one thing we haven't really talked about, let's break down each of the quarterbacks individually. Where can they improve specifically in 2023? I'm curious to hear what you have to say. We'll start with the incumbent, I'll say, in Brock Purdy. Let's say he's healthy. Maybe not by week one, but he's healthy and he ends up starting for the 49ers at some point this season. Where do you see that he could improve this year? With Purdy, it comes down to a need to uh, – there's some footwork things that he needs to clean up. And, and I think if he can clean up the footwork, it's going to help out with his timing. Uh, you know, he, he looked like he had some – you know, he was on, on time quite a bit. He throws with good anticipation. Uh, but that can still be improved. I, I think you, you look at uh, where he was last season – and I think you look at how well he played, and it's hard to imagine that the fact that he took half the snaps of every other quarterback in the 49ers uh, locker room last year during training camp. He was 
to every four snaps for Trey Lance, he was getting two. For every four snaps for Nate Sudfeld, Brock Purdy was getting two. So he was taking a lot less reps. Uh, so he was getting fewer, obviously fewer snaps with guys like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and, and so on. So I think you look at, at him coming into, into year two, and it's really about uh, cleaning up his footwork, getting his reads down, understanding the offense a little bit better. Uh, the, the better he's able to process it, the faster the offense is going to go. And we already saw them in the numbers that they can put up uh, as it is. Yeah, I think that those are good uh, topics. Another thing I'll say, um, I, you're right. I think that there are certain aspects that I like of his game. I'll start with that there. First of all, the aggressiveness, the willingness to throw downfield, even if he, he doesn't necessarily have the requisite arm strength, understanding that he can operate within the confines of uh, what his uh, what his kind of skill set uh, dictates, but he also has the willingness to throw the ball downfield when the throw is there. One thing I will say is likely decision-making. I think that there were a couple – a lot of people won't focus towards him, but I think that there were a couple of uh, – like a good amount of turnover-worthy throws that – uh, Purdy had thrown, especially in, in certain kind of spurts towards the end of the year that he had thrown where it, and it didn't end up being a turnover. And obviously you have a, I think it was 13 to two turn a touchdown interception ratio or something along the lines of that uh, over the regular season. I think that there's a little bit of a decision-making that it could improve and kind of some of the, some, some different throws where you have the window of opportunity. You've got to let it rip, uh, especially in between that second and third level of defense, some throws like that. But I think for the most part, that's kind of where I'm looking forward to. Can he continue to operate well within this system? Because if he can, we saw already how how Brock Purdy worked last year. 49ers were averaging over 30 points per game when he was the starter. And this is a guy who hadn't had, like you said, much practice reps. He hadn't practiced with the team, uh, with the guys that he was playing with that much at all. And when you talk about Brock Purdy as well, he's a seventh round rookie last year. And so the experience should help him improve. But those are the kind of the elements I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, um, you have uh, Jesus in the comment section saying Purdy needs to work on a stronger arm if possible. And, you know, he's coming back from this UCL. And according to the doctors that I've heard, and I know doctors that I've heard on other YouTube channels as well, there's there's a possibility that based on the focus that's going to be going into rebuilding the the UCL and rebuilding, you know, through that rehab process that his arm could come back a little bit better than it was uh, going into it just because of the amount of focus he's going to have to put on that area of his body. So uh, that being said, I think that you watch Brock Purdy play and he shows the ability to hit throws in every area of the field that Kyle Shanahan asks their his, of his quarterbacks. I, I mean, I, I think so too. I think so too. And that was kind of like the, the big calling card, right? Purdy might not have the most elite traits necessarily, but his accuracy was pretty solid. You look at the numbers itself, and again, there are opportunities where he could have taken a little more, but the accuracy itself was pretty solid, and he was willing to hit at all three areas of the field, and he uh, completed passes at a fairly high rate, which allowed the offense to execute. I think that's important as well. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I know I get the the uh, the traits argument, and you're not saying you're arguing with me, but I get the the uh, the the thought that the the traits aren't there, and I'll have to I push back on that a little bit. Um, he had his traits were good enough to get the 49ers the ability to put up over 30 points a game, which is something Correct. that they haven't done since the days of Steve Young. So uh, elite traits, not elite traits. The 49ers offense was humming along as one of the best 
in the NFL over the eight weeks that Brock Purdy was in the starting lineup. So uh, that's fine. I shouldn't say eight weeks that he was in the starting lineup. I would say eight weeks that he was once he got pu- pushed in. Um, you know, going back to the Miami game because we can't. I'm not going to count the Philadelphia game because that was a little bit different. Fair. And the one thing that I will say as well, and I'll loop this into traits. And the one part that a lot of people don't talk about uh, up until this offseason, where we saw an article come out, the cognitive element of Brock Purdy. That was one. Of, that's one of his, if not the strongest aspect of his, in that. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks. He was the smartest in his class, and he's a smart quarterback that is has the ability to process well. And once again, there were certain flaws that they were there that were seen on his rookie tape where he's got to improve. But understandably, it's his rookie tape. With experience, you do expect that with his set of skills, especially in the cognitive element, that he'd be able to improve in his processing, which likely leads to an improvement in decision making. I think that um, you know once those things come together as well with more reps. Unfortunately, he might. Uh, we don't know exactly when he'll get the more reps, but with those reps, I think he's got a chance to improve on what we saw last year, which was already an improvement from what we've seen in the past at the 49er quarterback position. Yeah, that's 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 for sure. And on the on the the whole was it S two cognitive test yeah. on that one, I want to make sure that people realize that that's not really about your intelligence it's not about your smarts it's about your ability to see something and react to it quickly and that's where Brock Purdy thrives and the reason I want to make sure that that's clear is because uh, I don't want to get into the argument with that with regards to Trey Lance in terms of how smart he is I think Trey Lance is a, it's no it's well known that he is very smart he can get up and he can die he can write anything you want to be shown as far as the uh, the playbook on the on the whiteboard um, but there's a difference between the ability to get up on the whiteboard and answer the questions to the coach there and being on the field and having the live bullets coming at you and be able to make those throws over and over again. And uh, that's the difference. And, and even on that test, I, I know uh, Lance didn't score uh, bad. He was still in the elite range. Yeah. So um, it's an interesting discussion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the best case. I know we talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago when that report came out. It's the best case for the 49ers understanding um, that they have two quarterbacks above the 90 range in that in that above the 90th percentile, which that is um, – from my knowledge, from what I've heard, Lance was around the 90 to 93 range. Purdy obviously was the highest in his class at the 95 range, uh, which is, I mean, both marks are elite, and that's really good for the 49ers, with, regardless of who they end up putting out. Even if it's Sam Darnold, we'll, we'll get to him in a minute, but regardless of who they end up putting out there, processing, which is a very valuable uh, aspect of, the, uh, of a quarterback, it seems like that that's an element that these two have a head start on. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. Let's move on to quarterback number two, though. We talked about Purdy, the improvement where he could do. Trey Lance, the guy who a lot of people have talked about either in a negative way or in a very positive way. Where do you think he needs to improve, understandably, given his very sh- small sample size? Uh, Lance needs to just show that he can do it repeatedly. So we'll see. You know, We know that he can make um, all the throws. We know that. We know that he can he can give you a, a really nice highlight. We know that he can make some of the regular throws, too. It's just a matter of doing it consistently. Uh, if he can get his percentage of completions up over 60 into like the 63, 64 range, which is a pretty big jump from where he's been. Uh, I think if he's in that range, though, you're looking at the guy who could be playing at a very high level for the Farmers. And it's something I think when you look at their offense under Trey Lance when he's been on the field, it's been very, very rough in terms of, being able to find its rhythm, 
Some of that's Lance, some of that's other guys. Uh, but if he can be more consistent on his own, uh, I think that's going to help the rest of the offense uh, be more consistent as well and be able to, to put more points up on the board. And I think that that's right. The consistency is important. And again, it comes with a higher sample size, which hopefully we get this season um, for his development. To me, I think Lance, the number one thing is consistency. I'll relate it more as well to uh, accuracy. We saw some of the misses were high, wide, and that comes again with more reps, with more consistency. When Lance is on target, you, it's a pretty ball. You see the, you see how it comes out of his arm with a, with a, with good zip, and it's a pretty ball. But you're right, the consistency has to be there, and really the incorporation of all his talents. That's what I'll say. In that Lance, he's a guy who the 49ers are going to use as a dual threat quarterback. How quickly that that system can evolve, I think, will benefit him. And I think the 49ers had a good plan last year going into the season. I'm not saying that um, running Trey Lance 10 times, as many people have claimed, is the best situation for success, but that wasn't the case. I think that they were developing a strong running game, obviously, with the circumstances in Game 1 in preparation for Game 1. And then in Game 2, you know, you uh, it was similar to how the game plan would have been in Lance's start against Houston in his Year 1, where you run the ball heavily uh, to, to start and set up the pass, which they did once Jimmy Garoppolo came in the game. It would have been a very similar game plan. And so, to me... I think that for Lance, it's got to be consistency, but I think the consistency consistency comes with the full incorporation of his talents. I think that that's kind of the the benchmark, and I think the 49ers believe that too. Yeah, he, he you know it, it's going to be it's going to be uh, interesting to see how this this whole process plays out. And uh, part of his game is the, is running, and I put out a video a couple of days ago about where I think the 49ers kind of missed the evaluation on Trey Lance in terms of what he is. I think part of that is the way that they felt like he'd be able to run. I, I, don't, Correct. I think the 49ers thought they were getting more of a, a guy who would be able to run like the designed runs. Uh, and that's been a little bit of a struggle. And I see a lot of people who are like, Hey, you gotta have, you gotta get away from the designed runs and let them scramble. And, and uh, in reality, he's not a scrambler either. Trey Lance has never watched his college film. He's not a guy that wanted to scramble. he, he was, you know, get in the pocket, move around, find somebody to throw it to, and the last thing he was doing is running. And so, with with his game, the, the when it comes to runs, it's typically undesigned runs. The problem is he doesn't have the speed to get to the edge. So when his when you when you're running the ball with Trey Lance, it's going to be up the middle, and it's going to be in between the tackles. It's going to be in the area where everybody gets upset about the four airs calling those plays. So it's you know I don't expect Kyle Shanahan to change anything he's doing because of, of what people are saying on the outside, but. Uh, I just find it really interesting to, to watch the way that 49ers fans discuss a guy like Jalen Hurts and how good he is, and then at the same time turn around and tell you that it's it's a mistake to be utilizing Trey Lance in the way that the Farmers are utilizing because, quite frankly, if you take away Trey Lance's legs, I think you're taking away a big part of his game. Right, and it's not only about Trey Lance, and we saw that in Game 2 against the Seattle Seahawks in that first quarter. What does Trey Lance allow you to do? It's not only incorporate all those designed runs. You play 11-on-11 football every snap that Trey Lance is there in the shotgun. It's because defenses don't know if Trey Lance is running or not. Lance ran three times of the 49ers' nine runs in that first 
uh, quarter and uh, whatever you want to call it in that Seattle game. The 49ers got 108 yards on those nine runs. Lance ran three times, and that's not the volume that Lance is going to run at. He's not going to run a third of the 49ers' carries in 2023, but he provides you that element of where linebackers have to respect what Trey Lance can do on the ground, which then creates opportunities because then, the in a way, your offense has a little bit of a head start with Kyle Shanahan's play calling and with the way that the, the blocking scheme is utilized in San Francisco, that's a huge benefit. And the 49ers reaped the benefits early on before the unfortunate Lance injury. And I don't expect that to deteriorate. I mean, obviously not nine yards of carry, but I don't expect that to deteriorate, especially with more running back talent in the room than when Lance initially uh, was starting in 2022. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he you know that he can impact the running game. It, it showed in 2021. It showed last year. Um, you know, you go back to in 2021 with Trey Lance in the field, I think it was like 4.7 yards per attempt mm-hmm. the team was averaging. You know, uh, last year it was probably at a good clip as well. I, I know I saw the uh, I believe the it was 5.5 at the time of his injury. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know they they're going to run the ball well if Trey Lance is in the game, and so you know that brings back another point too. And this isn't I'm not, this is I'm asking I'm saying this towards 49er fans. Now, do you are you going to be okay with a team that's going to pound the ball, or are you expecting the ball to be sailing through the air, you know, like like crazy? Because when you look at the way that the Friars played with Trey Lance, that's not a, you know they're they're going to run the ball, they're going right. to be run heavy and. So are, are you okay with that? Because if you are, then that's fine. And I agree with you. And I, I think I'm fine with moving the ball in the ground. I'm fine with, I, I know there's some people that want to just have the big shot play on the, in the passing game. Um, for me, I, I like to see a team that can run the ball. And for me, if you can break a 50 yard run or a 45 yard run, whatever, uh, or even sometimes a 20, those, those are almost as exciting, uh, if not more exciting than a, than a big throw. And the reason for me is I, I like it so much is because of everything that goes into it from the, the team standpoint. So, you know, it's all about them being able to move the ball. And and the biggest thing when we ask, when we talk about Trey Lance, we're talking about specifically to him. But I will say this, the other big thing that we need to see is if Trey Lance is on the field with the 49ers, we need to see the offense put points on the board because they haven't been able to do that yet with Trey on the field. That is fair. That is fair. The one thing I'll note, is the 49ers, it seemed, had an increased amount of aggressiveness when Lance was on the field, albeit, again, in the in the shorter sample size. But the aggressiveness doesn't matter, even if it's away from Kyle Shanahan's norm, if you don't have points on the board. That is the one thing that Brock Purdy was able to do. And I'm not trying to, you know, uh, say one thing or another against each guy because, I mean, I have high belief in both of the quarterbacks. But Brock Purdy put up 30-plus points on the board. Trey Lance... Um, when he was on the field, the points weren't nearly as high. And again, I think in 2023 with a clean slate, with obviously eliminating such a short sample size, I do expect Lance's, uh, the numbers, if Lance were to be the quarterback, to improve offensively in terms of the amount of points scored. I do expect that. But you are right. That is something that you do expect now, especially with an offense of this caliber. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. The, the sample size is a thing, and that, that's that's definitely a part of it. I'm just saying when he's been out there, we haven't seen them be able to do it yet. There were some struggles with that in camp at times last year. Um, so we'll see. It's That's that's the, the other area. It's there's We know that the offense can move and score points with Brock Purdy. We need to see it happen with Trey Lance. And like everybody said during the season last year, maybe the answer is because Trey Lance would be playing with uh, George Kittle more 
most likely and Christian McCaffrey, maybe that'll also help uh, those numbers to improve. So we'll see. Yeah. And one thing I do want to mention before we move on about Trey Lance and kind of that system as well, I do wonder how they incorporate the two running back sets, you know, where you have, because we saw a little bit of a sprinkle of that as well. And you talked about the implementation of the running game. Obviously, when you run the football more, you normally tend to take up more time of possession, which normally decreases the amount of scoring, but because it decreases the amount of opportunities overall. But I do wonder what exactly, obviously, the full playbook will be when Trey Lance is back on the field, If uh, obviously in the offseason, that is. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I think the offense is pretty easy to understand. I mean, it's not going to be much different. The passing game is pretty much the same, regardless of which quarterback is on the field. Uh, They're going to run the same kind of running plays that they they do. The only difference is that every once in a while, the quarterback is going to keep it. But they run those things, whether the majority of what they do is the same, whether Trey Lance is on the field or it's Brock Purdy or Jimmy Garoppolo or, uh, you know, going to come up this season. Uh, Sam Darnold. They're right. going to run most of the same runs every once in a while. There's going to, you know, what you're going to see that's a little bit more. We're going to see a little bit more of the quarterback draw, and you you might see them call a few times, a few more times where they are asking the quarterback or allowing the quarterback to uh, to make the read and decide if he's going to keep it or not. Because I think uh, they run all the same stuff. It's just so you know, when, if it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy, you're not necessarily asking them to run the full uh, read option or, or you know read quarterback keep on some of those uh some of those own read plays that they run right and the one thing uh uh no i i do agree with that in that the framework of the offense will be similar it's obviously some of the quarterback read kind of stuff that'll uh that'll change but you brought up sam Darnold, which leads me to the next category of improvement where do you think sam Darnold can improve if he touches the field this year i think if this this is an interesting one because I think it's very similar to what we just got done talking about with Trey Lance. It's consistency because you can turn on the film of Sam Darnold and you can Sam Darnold and Trey Lance to me are, you know, there's a big argument going on right now on 49ers Twitter um, from a few days ago about how Sam Darnold, not Sam Darnold, excuse me. There's a big argument on 49ers Twitter about how Brock Purdy is similar to Jalen Hurts, right? That's been the big discussion point. I'll tell you, if you want to see two quarterbacks that are very similar in the, how they are, it's Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. They Their skill sets are so similar, it's it's amazing. You watch Darnold play. He has that ability to run the, the zone read. You see him run option. You see him running uh, all kinds of different run game elements when he's with the Carolina Panthers. You watch him play with the Jets. Even with Carolina, you see him and his ability to scramble around, which is something that, that you don't get from Trey Lance. But – and then you see a guy who's able to make all the throws. Well, and then at the same time, you see a guy who's not consistently able to make all the throws. So, you know, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, these are two guys who turn on the film, watch some highlights, and they're both going to look the same. It's a matter of them being able to do it on a consistent basis. So for Sam Darnold to improve, it's just a matter of being consistent again and uh, and limit the number of turnovers. That's been his issue so far in the NFL. Got better last year with Carolina, though. I think that that's an interesting take. I hadn't really ever thought of it that way in terms of those two um, putting together. And obviously it's a tough um, kind of, um, what do you call it, comparison understanding that Lance has a small sample size and Darnold has the biggest one of the trio. 
But as for improvements for Darnold, I think it's a majority of uh, it's just a kind of a variety of different factors. And obviously, it's a little clearer to dictate where he needs to improve understanding that he's had a couple of seasons under his belt but i think a lot of people also look at him uh, extremely negatively is sam Darnold going to be a top 10 quarterback no is he going to maybe even be a top 15 quarterback i highly doubt it at this point but sam Darnold, i mean he's a somewhere in the back end bottom 10 somewhere around there uh depending on how you want to view it had a solid end of the year last year not a great start and i mean he was in the competition with Baker Mayfield, which he lost initially. And Darnold himself, I think it's a lot of things. First of all, I think it's mental wise. I think he uh, like mental uh, mental wise is where a lot of times he he got trapped. It seemed, but overall, decision making is huge. Deep ball accuracy. That's something I don't know if he's going to be able to improve on in general, but that was something that struggled there. I think, though, with the 49ers, a system where you can operate a lot closer to the line of scrimmage in the passing game, I think that that might be helpful um, for Sam Darnold in terms of kind of getting his accuracy up and trying to get more production up if he obviously he touches the field. Um, other things with Sam Darnold, I think overall, I think it's – I guess you can say processing in a little bit, but I think it's more so consistency. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and alienate one specific thing. I think it's more so putting it all together, consistency. Obviously in the best position of his career so far to do that, if he if he ends up being on the field with the weapons the 49ers have in the system behind him, but I think so as well. Yeah, I, I think he's you know, here's the thing. Uh when it comes to to Sam Darnold, who's he played with? You know, he, he was in he was in New York with the poor guy, Adam Gates. I mean, Adam Gates is a hot mess, and there's a reason why he's out of the league. And then and then uh, you know the the Jets they get a new coach in there and he's like, Okay, this is good. We got a, a new a new regime coming in, and they're like, nah, we're gonna get rid of you, we're gonna go in a different direction. So then he ends up in, in Carolina with Matt Rule, who you know, there's a reason that he got fired. Um, half, not even halfway into his second season in the NFL, and he's back to college now. There's a reason why Joe Brady, who was the offensive coordinator when he first started in Carolina, was gone and ended up in in uh, in Los Angeles. And we saw how bad he was in Los Angeles. Now he's not even calling plays anymore in the NFL. Now he's a quarterback coach uh, somewhere. So, you know, the coaching hasn't been good around Sam Darnold. You look at the the talent around him, he hasn't had very much talent around him. It's very Alex Smith-esque. Uh, that's something that a number of people have, have stated kind of throughout. So what's he going to be? We're going to find out. I, I put this out there on a, a, about a month ago or whatever, kind of just saying, hey, what would Sam Darnold have looked like if he was playing with Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle? What would he have looked like with, with Debo Samuel and, and Brandon Ayuk and, and uh, having a guy like Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we'll see. The numbers are very similar between Darnold and, and, and Smith at this point in their career, and it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens in San Francisco. I, I would not be shocked to see him come in and, and surprise people and maybe even uh, be better than number two at some point in the season. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely see. And the good thing is we're going to get an opportunity to watch at least two of these guys being Trey Lance and Sam Donald, of course, we're going to get the opportunity to see them because Trey Lance, well, first of all, he's going to be healthy by OTAs. Donald will also be healthy by OTAs. We'll get to see them both. And I think that, um, I, I think that that was, that's certainly going to be a fun competition. Both should get uh, one reps, but like I said earlier this week, 
I'm not too worried about who gets the ones and the twos, understanding that, you know, skill position players for both teams get to sprinkle in. And if you're worried for Trey Lance's sake, he's worked with Jake Brendel over the past two years for a majority of the offseason. And the second team during his rookie year with the first team during his sophomore season, now in his third year, he's, I mean, even if he doesn't get the uh, significant amount of reps with Jake Brendel, there's a rapport already built. He's going to be able to work with the backup. Sam Darnold will get a chance to work with both groups as well. And so I think that it's important to, you know, uh, note, note that while it's a competition, I don't think it takes away from either player. Yeah, I don't think it does either. I think the whole the the uh, amount of frustration that that was voiced last you know last week after the comments by Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch about the competition between Lance and Darnold, uh, I, I didn't really get it. I didn't I didn't understand why anybody would be frustrated by competition. I think competition's good. And if Sam if if Brock Purdy is the guy, not Brock Purdy. I'm sorry. If Trey Lance is the guy he's supposed to be, then he's going to win the competition. It won't matter. And Sam Darnold's not going to take reps away from him. They're going to get the same number of reps either, anyway. And, and like you said, those the uh, the the starting guys, they kind of you know the ones I guess you'll say like they rotate through. And the other thing here too is Kyle Shanahan didn't say anything about them having a competition in training camp. He talked about OTAs, and so right you know during OTAs is is Debo Samuel even going to show up to OTAs this year? George Kittle going to decide to show up for OTAs this year? Uh, how about how about uh, some of these other guys? Because I I remember you know I I, I know that uh, Debo Samuel wasn't around and Debo Samuel didn't take a snap until uh, at some Second point week. in training camp. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't I don't remember George Kittle being there during OTAs last year. I could be wrong, uh, but you know it, it, there it's not mandatory. It's not mandatory for anybody to be there till minicamp, and and I wouldn't expect to see all those guys on the offense there anyway. And the one thing I'll also mention about OTAs. Are we certain that Lance is even going to be a hundred percent cleared? Like we understand Lance is going to be, uh, we understand Lance will probably practice, but there isn't a certainty at the moment that Lance will be a hundred percent cleared for the ACL uh, from the or not ACL, sorry, from the bro, uh, from the fractured ankle, which obviously would indicate that Darnold will likely play a role with quarter. If Lance is going to take all the one reps and he's limited in any regard. Darnold is going to take the other one reps because he's the other quarterback on the roster. I think that that could also be uh, something something to, list, uh, to to see. But I, I do think that the 49ers understand they'll probably get a clearer picture around that June mark because that's when the OTA period will be over. Brock Purdy's diagnosis in terms of the timeline of his recovery and when he'll come back, that'll be a little more clear in that uh, like three months after surgery. And that gives them a clearer picture going into training camp Who's the favorite right now for QB1? If it's Lance, it's Lance. If it's Darnold, it's Darnold. And how long will they start in the regular season? Because it's anticipated in a way at this moment that whoever ends up winning the job in the offseason will probably start week one. And so I think that it, the OTA kind of period, I think that the problem will solve itself out at that portion, and they'll have an un, a good understanding of their quarterback situation going into training camp. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, and I, I agree with it with that, and uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how it all works out. Uh, I, I think you you know between between uh, 
Purdy, not Purdy again. I keep yeah, Purdy on my mic because I had something I wanted to say about Brock Purdy. But between Lance and, and Darnold, it's going to be a fun competition. And then Purdy, and what I was going to say about Brock Purdy is we'll see what where he is uh, sometime around the second of June, somewhere between the second and the ninth. I think they they said uh, John Lynch was specific. He said twelve weeks, which would be June second. So we'll get an idea, I think, at that point um, as far as his availability. And I made the prediction on my own channel. Uh, on a show that I did by myself yesterday that I think Brock Purdy will be back around like August. I would say probably August 10th to 14th is the date. Got it. So a little bit, it's, uh, that's kind of in well, that range. By it's back, in between hundred percent cleared to back in practice. Well, he's going to, he's going he's gonna to be hundred percent cleared before they let him practice. Okay. So uh, I, I think he's cleared. He's on the practice field, actually going through practice. Um, probably around like the 10th to 14th. That's that's in between five and six months. And we just don't, we don't have a lot of details on, uh, not a lot of data when it comes to quarterbacks in this situation. The only other one was, was um, Nick Mullins. Yeah. Mullins and Mullins was at five months. So we'll see where, where it all pans out. But I, I do think that Purdy's going to be back before week one, but it'd be fun to watch. I, I think it'll be interesting. I'm a little more hesitant than you. I don't know if he'll return to 100% health at the five to six uh, five to six month mark, I still think that there will be um, a little more time that'll be required. But again, that's something that'll solve itself out in June. Emiliano here has an interesting comment. He talked about um, how he agrees with your sentiment uh, about the similarities between Sam Donald and Trey Lance. Do you see similar similarities with Brock Purdy as well, or do you specifically think it's more so with Trey Lance? I, I see... I see more so with with Trey Lance because of the the, uh, the athleticism and those types of things. That from a from a throwing the ball standpoint, I think he's, you know, he's not he's not going to have the same arm strength necessarily as as uh, as Trey Lance, but he has the ability to make all those same throws, and his ability to move around is very similar, I think, in terms of um, to to uh, to Trey Lance. So, you know, in terms of saying that Darnold Darnold's gameplay was a uh, Closer to to preferring Purdy's skill set, mm, I, I don't know. I don't think it shows. I don't think it shows bringing in Sam Darnold to me. I don't think it shows. One I don't or the think other. that's right. I don't think it. I don't think it shows direct. You know, one way or another, whether it's it's um, Purdy or Darnold. I think or uh, Lance. I think it it shows that Kyle Shanahan likes quarterbacks that have the ability to move around to make plays with their legs and maybe even be able to use them a little bit in the run game. And that's what Sam Darnold brings them. So I, I don't, I don't think he has one type of specific type of quarterback. Hey, people keep trying to pigeonhole him in this thing. And I think that it's, it depends on who you want to, who you support, right? If you want to try to pigeonhole something, it's okay. Well, I'm a Brock Purdy fan. So I'm going to say that this is what he wants. I'm a, I'm a Trey Lance fan. So he wants a guy that's going to do this. Uh, I, I don't see it. I think, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan has enough versatility in his offense. He can do whatever uh, works for his quarterbacks. Yeah, um, I, I think that that's a fair sentiment. Moving kind of forward, I want to, I want to, I talked about improvements here. I want to also flip it to where have we seen them work well within the system? But before we get to that, my title here, talking about 49ers, Troy Lance working with Patrick Mahomes, huge storyline yesterday, as I alluded to early on. When you talk, uh, when you when when you kind of saw that, was there anything that struck out to you? Uh, and if so, what was it? 
What was that again? I'm sorry. Trey Lance, Patrick Mahomes working out together. Um, obviously, oh, the yeah. amazing. Well, I think throw. that. I think. Yeah, of, of everything, of all the stuff that came out of yesterday, all the excitement over the throw. This is all. This is quite honestly, this is all there is to take out of it. Is that Trey Lance is working out with Patrick Mahomes? So that is a very good. I think that's a good thing. If if you can work out with a guy that's won the Super Bowl two times in the last four years. That's a good thing, and uh, there's not a negative that you can put on that. It, it's positive. Trey Lance has worked out with other NFL quarterbacks in the past uh, when he's been working out with um, with the guys that he usually works out with in terms of Quincy Avery and and uh, Coach McAvoy. Uh, they he's worked out down there with those guys, and I know they work with Jalen Hurts. I know he has spent time with Jalen Hurts in the past. So, you know, the fact that he's now working with Patrick Mahomes. The more people you can work with, the more people you can draw information from, the better. That's why partly, you know, that's that's good. It's like you and me, right? We do shows together. We do shows with other people. The more more people that you're involved with, the the better it can be. Uh, you know, the more you're going to learn. So I think it's a huge positive for Trey Lance here working with Patrick Mahomes. I agree, and I like the point that you made. The like the main sentiment isn't the throw, isn't anything about uh, the way he threw one football again. Like, if you're trying to break down the mechanics, that's cool. I think it's important, though, to to look at a bigger sample size than one throw. Obviously, one throw in a, in a, in a, in a very chosen video can do something different. Great throw. I mean, clean spiral and stuff. But the main takeaway was you're working out with Patrick Mahomes. And I think right now only good can come out of working out with Patrick Mahomes. Good thing for Trey Lance. I mean, it's cool, obviously, to see him on the practice field. We knew he was throwing a little bit ago before the season ended, uh, that they'd say that it was in about four weeks that it would happen. So, I mean, it's good to see him working out. The other intriguing part was that he had um, he was working out with Mahomes' pack, uh, quarterback coach. Um, forget the name off the top of my head, but the quarterback coach was also seen. And, I mean, with the way that Mahomes has obviously grown in the league, cool to see him make that transition too and uh, potentially reap the benefits there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's it's, it's awesome to see him working with with a, another quarterback and another. He works with multiple people every year, anyway. So, but it's it's cool to see this. He because he works with other quarterback coaches. He goes like kind of around through different people um, throughout the, the off season from uh, what I've kind of gathered over the last couple of years. So I don't think it's any different this year. And hey, the biggest thing is that that Patrick that Trey Lance, you know. We were told uh, beginning of March at the NFL scouting combine that Trey Lance was throwing and John Lynch said he looks good and he doesn't look like he has any kind of issues. So yesterday we got a chance to see it. We got a chance to see that Trey yeah. Lance is healthy. We got a chance to see him throw it. Uh, beyond that, we'll see how it happens on the field. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Lance fully healed. We haven't heard that he's fully cleared. Healed, cleared, two different things. Cleared for football activity. It's good to see him throwing, things like that. I think that mm -hmm. diagnosis will come closer to OTAs. That was kind of what I was alluding to when I said he might not be ready um, or fully cleared by the start of OTAs, that kind of thing. But moving mm -hmm. forward in a way, I mean, one thing that I don't think we have talked about was the Aaron Rodgers talk that was interesting. It circulated. That one day was wild because we heard the Kirk Cousins rumor from Mike Florio, and then we heard Aaron Rodgers. I believe it was Wednesday of this week or Tuesday of this week. What did, what did you take away from the entire mess of the rumor kind of situation with Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers? Do you think it's more so a leverage tactic by the Packers? How do you think so? 
I don't think that that's even coming from the Packers. I just think it's some guy that needed something to talk about. And so, hey, it makes sense. Let's go ahead and let's talk about Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers because, hey, we can do this every year if we want to. Uh, until the 49ers have a number one quarterback that they're going to be set on. We can talk about Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers. We can talk about Tom Brady to the 49ers. We can talk about any quarterback we want to the 49ers. And we're going to get hits. We're going to get clicks. And um, it's good for our ratings. So let's go ahead and let's do it. And that's what we see. We've seen it now since 20, since they've been here, since really since 2021, especially. Last year, it really ramped up. This year, it's there again. You know, it's Aaron Rodgers isn't coming to the 49ers. I just, I, would it be cool to see Aaron Rodgers on the 49ers? I, I, I guess. Yeah, sure. But it's not happening. Uh, yeah. I mean, when we talk about it, there are so many factors. I know a lot of people brought up the money. Money is important in the in Rodgers' contract and the 49ers' cap situation right now. The number one thing, though, to me, Green Bay is never going to trade Aaron Rodgers to the 49ers. I don't think that that's a possibility. I think they'd rather let him allow himself to retire or sit him on his ro- on their roster than trade him to the 49ers this year, especially when it won't be for 2023 capital and they can improve their team around Jordan Love. I think that that's a very important thing as well. Interesting situation. I think a uh, deal between those two teams gets set up anyway at the end of the day. Yeah, I well, you know, I think he, the last place that the Green Bay Packers want to send Aaron Rodgers is to the 49ers. They don't want to send him with it to anywhere within the NFC. So that's you know, at some point I think this thing gets done. I just to to the Jets. Um and Aaron Rodgers the 49ers again like I said it would be cool. I just I just I just don't see it happening from a from a money standpoint for the 49ers. Yeah, uh agreed here. One thing I do want to say um way off topic here, but I did see this earlier today. The 49ers released their local pro day uh invitees last year i forget who tweeted it might have been david lombardi um but last year of the 47 invitees only one got drafted seems to be way different this year a good amount of those players on that list could have a chance to get drafted first of all what do you envision about that change and also about the positions the 49ers are going after tight end safety uh they've they've invited even a couple of kickers yeah, those are those are the spots that you know it's it's pretty clear to see that they have uh, needs at those spots. And um, in terms of a local pro day, you know, I, I saw a, an article come out today that had a list. And, you know, was talking about some players, and uh, I'll leave my I'll leave my thoughts about that article to myself because there was a number of names that were put in that list. And then at the same time, as fast as those names are put in there, the uh, the next sense is we're not those they haven't been confirmed yet. So you just look around the league, look at the, the guys that are in the draft right now that are from the Bay Area. You're gonna if you if you played at any of the local colleges, you can be here for the local pro day next week. If you play if you played at outside of the area but you grew up here, you can come back. You can come and be a part of the local pro day. So that's why you have a guy like uh, Mafi out of UCLA wouldn't necessarily be a local guy because he. UCLA is in Southern California, so it doesn't count for that. But because of the fact that he grew up in San Mateo area, he's able to uh, to participate. And uh, I look at this list, and, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We get to see Jake Hayner. That's one of the biggest pieces of you know the piece of it is we get to see Jake right. Hayner throw, and you get a um, Tanner McKee is going to be there. They both have wide receivers that are likely going to be there as well. Um, you look at the 49ers and uh, who they brought in already for their official visits you know, kickers and tight ends and safeties and all those positions that they need. So, uh, you know, offensive linemen, we need to get maybe a tackle here too. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that they're 49ers are in a good position. I've come to that conclusion with the, uh, I did my second mock draft yesterday, starting to come to that conclusion. I think they're in a good position where if they choose to target a certain position, there's going to be that position available if they want to trade up, trade down, certain kind of things. I think that they, they've got their they, – they're in a good position to where they can move up and down. And it's going to be an intriguing draft understanding they don't have a first or a second-round pick, which means there's a lot more volatility in who they select but also where they end up selecting, understanding you've got the option to move down move down and then move back up, move up for uh, understanding you have 11 picks. I think there's so many different possibilities, which is why this draft is going to be one of the more intriguing ones in the Shanahan Lynch era, especially after you think about last year where they stayed put and they drafted at every single spot they had. Yeah, they did. And I, and I do think that you look at it, what they do is they go through this period that they're in right now during free agency, they fill their holes and then, that allows them just to go best player available at an area of need. So, you know, yes, they do, do they have a, a hole right now at tight end? Well, not specifically because there's three tight ends on the roster. If they had to play a game tomorrow, that's good. But I think they want to add a tight end. I don't think they want to go into to the with just three guys. And I don't think that, you know, Ross Dwelly, he's not expected to be here long term. Who knows? He's on a one-year deal. He's been here for six years already. So who knows? He might be. Uh, but I think like tight end, that's a position that they're still going to want to pick a guy up in the draft. They have a bunch of guys at safety now, but I still think that they're going to want to get a safety in the draft. So uh, there's not one spot the 49ers need to hit, but there are some areas where you could easily point to uh, or bigger needs than others. I think so too. I definitely think so too. But Jack, with the draft talk kind of coming here to a little conclusion at the local pro day, I think it's a good way to wrap up today's video. Hit a lot of good topics. Talked about Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, the improvements they could make if they get the opportunity in 2023. That's the way they propel the 49ers to where they want to be, which is the Super Bowl. Talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers' draft. Any last thoughts before we head on out of here? No, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to the pro day on on Wednesday, uh, and hopefully, 49ers Twitter just keeps keeps uh, producing content and and you know it's been a it's quite a wild quite a ride this last week you know in terms of some of the different oh, uh, the different the different uh, topics of conversation around here so uh one of the good ones yesterday was there was one good one yesterday between 49ers people uh that was even before the one that happened last night that wasn't didn't involve anybody in particular here but uh holy moly you know the one yesterday afternoon it's been a week. You saw that one it's been a week you know, I'll, I'll say if that. I, if, I could say this right now rohan that if I wanted to get into a fight with somebody, there's there's two things that I could do right now. There's two tweets that I could I could retweet that would get people fired up. But I'm not in that mood today. It's Friday. I want to make it easy. Oh, man. Yeah, let's go out on a good time. Let's have a good weekend. I'm sure something will pop up this weekend or another with the way this week has been. But, hey, 49ers community, we appreciate all of you guys, all of you guys that give the support to both of us. Thanks, Thank you guys. Be sure to subscribe to both channels to continue seeing this content. The links are in the description. But, Jack, as always, I appreciate your time. And, guys, we'll be back next time with another nice video next Friday, likely. Hey, and real quick before we go, like Luke Walsh says over there, inside the 49ers, how about putting together something with a 30-visit you know, list? It's there. Lukey, it's there. You just got to go with, check it out. I put it, posted it today. It's not a 30 visit tracker, but the players that have visited so far are listed there along with 
uh, other players that the 49ers have met with throughout the, the process so far. Uh, not every one of them, but at least the ones who uh, I think they're more interested in uh, than in others. So check it out, see what you and, and it's going to be there, and and uh, keep keep an eye on the on the 49ers inside the 49ers dot press democrat.com that's the blog there inside the 49ers because there's going to be more um draft coverage coming up including some mock drafts and those types of things perfect be sure to check that out santa rosenpressdemocrat.com a lot of good work there be sure to check out where i work as well 49ers web zone but guys it's been a fun time a lot of different content that's coming out not only this past week but going forward as well as the draft nears jack has you covered i've got you covered so stay tuned be sure to subscribe We'll see you guys next time. All right. Thank you.